Hey guys, this is David with Cucumber Talks. Each week, Bryce Marshall and I chat about people, ideas, and experiences that have influenced us. This will be part two of a Growing Up Christian series we're doing. In this episode, we talk about our differing church camp experiences. We discuss whether it's ever okay to push our beliefs onto others, our thoughts on if we were indoctrinated in camp, raising a child in these ways, and the decision-making process at certain ages. Let's get into it. Do you guys think that you were indoctrinated by, by this stuff? I'll go ahead and say, now looking back on it from a more critical point of view, even as a high schooler and I was more mature, I feel like those camps radicalized me. They were the only, those were the, those were the experiences, the Christian related experiences I had that I'll use the term radicalized Hmm. because they made me, that was the first time I ever became someone who was mm, trying to proselytize my beliefs, go out Hmm. and tell other people about it and try to convince them and start wearing the WWJD bracelets and all of the those corny t-shirts from the Christian bookstore and all that that was I don't remember doing that when I was younger but I remember after those camps we would always leave so like fired up (laughs) and I can't really remember what happened at the camp but I feel like something happened where I was I don't know another word other than indoctrinated or do you guys like brainwashed yeah brainwashed i guess brainwashed isn't the right word if you still believe it Mm. but though i just remember every time i left those camps i became a lot more fervent about my beliefs and then i would usually they were at the end of the summer um, and then i would go back to school and when i got back to school i would be all about Christianity and trying to tell everybody or show everybody how much of a Christian I was and how they were living incorrectly, how they weren't living godly lives. And I needed to, to show them what a good example of a Christian was. And I attribute, I attribute that behavior, attribute a lot of that behavior to the camps. I guess it wasn't until this week where we chose this topic that I kind of connected those dots I'm curious if you guys had that same experience. Might have been a little bit, but I relate to your situation with camps um, to my situation with going to a Christian middle school. Because hmm. we did like, you know, you had the typical at camp, we had our typical like the sermon, the church, you know, the service and everything. But maybe my mind is like blurred a little bit, but I remember so much of the majority being fun, mm-hmm. games, food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we had a huge, I don't know how many acre plot of land that we were just like able to just play games all the, like most of the time. And the sermon was like an an afternoon we did one and then an evening we did one. But yeah, it was like way more fun. <laughs> than... That's that's what I'm saying. 
is that I have these fond memories of the times at the camps, just like I have decently fond memories of going to church as a kid. But now looking back, I'm wondering, well, I, I, I know <laughs> that there was some type of indoctrination process and the camps seem more extreme. I think that's what I was getting at. The, the speakers there, I remember they were always more fiery. I can't think of a better word than fiery, but they played with your emotions. I'm sure you guys remember that there was always at the end of the camp, you would like break down and cry and they would make you feel guilty for all of the stuff that you'd done. It was like you piled up all of these sins throughout the year. This is my experience. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd, um, well, what was the word they always use? Like backslid or something, mm. you know, mm. <laughs> throughout the year since, since last year's church camp, basically you've been like backsliding throughout the entire year and now you're back at camp and <laughs> they make you to feel guilty for all of your backsliding and then you break down. I remember like everyone in my group, like all had these coming to Jesus moments where they're crying, they share, you know, everybody's pressured to share what their sins were. Like, oh, I've been looking at porn or, uh, oh, I've uh, I been doing this and doing that. I can't remember what we did. I had an adulterous thought. Yeah, I said a cuss word or... You know, I, I can't remember what they were, but it seems like we were manipulated almost. I, or the church camp was perhaps constructed to elicit this type of response from, from the kids because they all had those moments. And I can't remember a lot about what they talked about, but I know a lot of it was about guilt or making you feel guilty. I remember a lot of it being about sex you know, making you feel guilty for if you had done something sexual, you were made to feel guilty for that and that that was sinful. Or if you were even thinking about doing something like that, then stop thinking about that immediately. You know, do you guys have that, that, that same feeling like you were almost manipulated emotionally? And then um, I'm not sure if that goes hand in hand with the radicalization part, but something has to explain why I came out of those experiences more extreme. Cause I, before I went in, I would be kind of casual about Christianity. And then when I came out of it, I'd be like trying to tell everybody I knew about it. It sounds like in the short term it, it worked. Like, do you think that that's what they were trying to do? You know what I mean? Like it was the purpose of the camp to get everybody that, that's why you would have a yearly camp so that you could get together and get fired up and <laughs> recharged <laughs> and then go out into the world and, and tell everybody about Jesus. That sounds exactly like what it was. Or a, yeah. a revival. Did you guys ever have revivals? We didn't really call them revivals or, yeah, we didn't really have, <laughs> we didn't have revivals. <laughs> <laughs> That might have happened at college. I can't remember when revivals happened, but it's the same premise, right? Like you've been backsliding and now it's time to get back on it mm -hmm. or it's time to 
what did you say, Marshall? Recharge. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a theme in church for me. Mm-hmm. And camp seems like the perfect example of that. Yeah. I I will say, and this I feel like this kind of encapsulates your feelings, Bryce. But we had this special pastor. He was very fiery and I wrote this down because it's just kind of funny looking back on, but I can't remember. I think my feelings in the moment were like scared a little bit, but he would always raise his voice a little bit and and be like, you know, like people are, you know, like you guys are doing drugs, you know, smoking cigarettes, drinking a Bud Light. Yes, exactly. And then immediately after that, drinking and drugs. Yeah, he would ahead. say and drugs as in cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately after like all of that he would be like i love you guys <laughs> no pause like it's just it's just wild to uh to remember that how he was like fiery in the beginning and then just like oh i love you guys <laughs> okay and- you think of <laughs> yeah go ahead the other theme seemed, this is why I, I look back on it now critically and think it was pretty radical because they, the things I remember them hammering home were, are you willing to lay down your life for Jesus? They would always yeah. use, the, use the Columbine example. Like, are you, are you willing to, to, if somebody points a gun to your head and uh, ask if you're a Christian, are you going to say yes? Uh, it just seemed like kind of violent and extreme, radical. Those words come to mind. I'm not sure if yeah. those were themes in your your yeah. experiences at church camp. For, for me, it was it was is the word juxtaposed. But there were when I went my first camp. I remember I wanted to go. Our our church had a group that went to a camp. I was probably 10 or 11 or so. And I think they went twice when I was too young to go. And I don't know what the cutoff was, if it was a, if it was a age or a grade or whatever it was. But I think the first year I was too young to go, like, because they said I was too young to go at the camp. But then the second year I was old enough, but my parents didn't want me to go. Maybe I was too immature or whatever. They just didn't think I was, it was a good thing for me to go to at the time. But then that, and I remember being bummed because like everybody else was going and it was exciting and everybody, you know, had friends there and stuff from the first year or whatever. And then that year that I did go, I remember it being, and maybe this was just because my first experience was like a, a bad experience or whatever. I don't know. Like, but when I went, my first thought was, oh, wow, everybody says that they're Christians, but nobody really seems like they're Christians here. (laughs) And we kind of, you kind of talked about this earlier uh, in the week, Bryce, but I remember specifically people that I had gone with a conversation where they said, yeah, everybody, you know, our parents all think we come here for, and I don't remember what they said, but, you know, come here to learn about Jesus. And really we're just here to hang out and talk to girls and whatever else throughout the week. So from the very first time that I went, I always was kind of, I don't know what the word is, but sort of, because it always ended up, like you're saying, Bryce, where at the end, you know, there was this spiritual moment and, you know, there was really what it was for 
for us, it was like that Thursday before the Friday when everybody left, there was like a time where everybody shared their testimony or whatever, like things that they've learned through camp and things that they've learned, whatever. And it was probably the first time, maybe not the first time, but you know, some of the first seeds of, of like doubting the whole thing, because there were all these people, especially as you started going back year after year. And it was the same kids who would come back and be like, yeah, last year I, you know, whatever got into all this stuff, but I'm turning my life around. And the first time you hear that, I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of weird because they're all emotional and they're crying. And I wasn't, I was kind of, you know, I sort of had that, some of those feelings, but I wasn't, I, I was never crying or whatever. And so I'd see them and the next year it'd be the same person. You're like, wait, what? Like, did you guys experience that at all? You know? <laughs> like, wait a minute. This isn't real. It sounds like your, it, your, it, your it's, Bryce was the opposite. It was, it was like, I, it I'm kind of know? in your boat because I think the first two, I was probably more on the taking this really seriously. Yeah. I showed up taking and, it really seriously. And then by the third, that was that coincided with the whole purpose driven life thing hmm. and that's when my family was kind of like on the you know to my mom's credit she's always encouraged me to think critically even though we were in this world of of not thinking critically hmm. in my opinion like the evangelical world world where you're kind of like all on this um one belief system and you're not to question it even though we were in that world my mom i don't know if it's because she's maybe a little cynical at heart but she always told me to question everything and mm -hmm. told me to question the the teachers mm -hmm. and not be afraid and not take everything they said at face value and because of that i like you were saying marshall by the third camp I, I wasn't on board anymore hmm. and I was yeah over it for lack of a better word I think the the purpose if if there you know the the purpose was get all these kids together bring in some good teachers and they'll share in you know the verse iron sharpening iron like they're gonna they're gonna rub off on each other and they're going to encourage each other and they're come come away with this renewed zeal Mm. for jesus and that can happen or that can work you know but the opposite can also happen and i think that that's what happened to me is it was like i got together with a whole bunch of people who were <laughs> under the label of we're going to get all together and and as a bunch of churches but it turned out i got you know i i came in with like this serious i don't serious it might not be the right word but you know i was taking it seriously and I went there and then all the, the, or most of the people that I was interacting with were like clearly not as serious. <laughs> like it, it was just like a normal, I mean, I don't know what normal camp is like, and, you know, if, if, is there such a thing where people come to camp, but you know, like people were just hanging out and flirting with girls and, and trying to sneak into the other dorm room things and trying to stay up late and everybody's trying to go to sleep and, you know, that kind of thing. And I remember kind of being shocked, kind of being jarred by that experience. Like, oh, I, I thought that this was what people did who weren't part of the church, but you guys are kind of <laughs> like just normal, you know, every, everybody else. <laughs> hmm. So 
Yeah, I guess I was when I went into the the camps. I was like the other, like like the majority. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing doing all the the secular stuff. Let's let's say, and then have the coming to Jesus moment at the end. So it sounds like you went into it a little more mature, and then became cynical because of the other people's behavior. Maybe, I'm wondering yeah. why that was because yeah. if you were if you were so mature let's say then the other people's behavior wouldn't have affected you as much yeah that sounds accurate i just didn't work out like that so maybe it wasn't a maturity as much as more of a because the whole thing with christianity that you always hear is like oh yeah some christians say they're christians but they're not really christians but that doesn't matter like you should still that, that, that doesn't matter just because some people are hypocritical right you, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that the, the Bible is true and that what Jesus did is, is true. Yeah, it's like I, I think I'd heard that and, and kind of knew that I you know, uh, would affirm that, <laughs> but didn't maybe experience it to the same level. Yeah, it, it's like it's, yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing that made it weird, too, was that a lot of it, you know, some of it came from people who I didn't know I met at camp. But some of it came from people who I thought I knew that I went to camp with. Mm-hmm. And then I, I guess I kind of saw a different side of them that like maybe we were friends, but maybe not close friends. But so we, we only ever saw each other, you know, at youth group or at church on Sunday or, you know, whatever, you know. So there was like I felt like I knew them because I'd been going to church with them for two years, but I didn't really hang out with them outside of church. So I just kind of assumed they were, you know, we're all talking about, yeah, there's hypocrites out there. But hopefully we're not. We're all trying to not be hypocritical like, you know, everybody else in the world. But then when we're there, it it's like it, it, it. It's like going to Vegas. Maybe I just got to know them better and I didn't know them before. So you well, think you left feeling the opposite, basically, of what I felt. Yeah, for that first I one, left feeling sure. fired up and you left feeling bummed out. Yeah, for, for the first one, for sure. And, I think maybe the next couple maybe were I don't know if it was that they were better or if I just now had a lower expectation. <laughs> you know, I think that may have been it is that I, I, I went into it with this high expectation, like everybody there is going to be me, you know, going through hard stuff or whatever and blah, blah, blah. But we're all like on a mission in the same direction. And I got there and it was not like that. So then the next, maybe the next time or whatever, I, you know, two times in, I get there and I know, okay, not everybody's on the same page. So fine. And, and I, I, you know, to, to people's credit, I, I did find people at their, at these that seemed genuine and seemed, you know, both open about, I guess, things that they were actually struggling with, but not so over the top about it that it seemed, you know, fake. Like they, they were actually telling me what was going on in their life and, you know, what they actually believed. And so th- there were people that were, you know, it wasn't everybody, but maybe it what, seemed like that at what first. <laughs> were you, what were you like back then? And maybe take me, take us through yeah, like what you were like versus what the other people were like. And let us know the age range that you were yeah. when yeah. going to camp. I think I was, for that first camp, I was probably 13. Mm. I don't actually remember, but I was, 
maybe I was 12. I don't know. I, I, yeah, like 12 or 13, though. Right. Pretty early teenager. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we talked about some of it last last time, but I was definitely, you know, my dad's a pastor. So I went to every church service there was pretty much. And, you know, it's hard to because now it all gets conflated together from my teenage years. But I think I was I was pretty I was definitely invested in church and Christianity. And I wanted to be that person who was fired up about Jesus and who really believed or, or, or really lived what I would would have said that I believed, you know. Um, and I had gone by that point, I had actually gone to some other, some conferences that Bryce is like, I don't know what a conference is. Like the ones that I went to were, <laughs> were pastors conferences or whatever. They're basically like for my parents, let's say. And then I went as well. So maybe there was a different, maybe that played into the expectation too, because I had a certain, you know, background of going to those. I don't know, but Anyway, as a as a kid, I I felt like I was like I I was kind of like you had said, Bryce. I I felt like I was smart about church things. Like I knew, you know, the Bible stories or whatever. And looking back now, like did I actually know a lot? Nah, eh, maybe not. But at the time, you know, I felt like I knew. I could tell you most of the Bible characters and Bible stories and different doctrines and theology and teachings and so forth. You know, I'd put in the time as far as like learning stuff about the Bible. And, and then on top of that, I'm, I'm, I was homeschooled. So I'm like in this bubble of, you know, the people that I knew were probably homeschooled. There were people in my neighborhood that I played with or whatever, but the people in my neighborhood that I played with, like were, whether they said they were Christian or not, they, like, they were clearly a different, they weren't us. So it was easy for me to like separate out and be like, well, they're doing stuff that I don't do. You know, my, my best friend at the time was uh, a Muslim guy who had moved here from Bosnia and he moved to Germany and, and so forth. Um, so like he was completely like he had other stuff that he had going like he wouldn't eat pork and he wouldn't do whatever. So like I knew that there were things that were different between us. But then when I went with um, like my friends who were from church, so some of the things that happened were like just not even trying to pay attention to like whatever the teaching was that was going on. Like they were trying to, you know, go back to the room and do whatever and, or, you know, go back to the dorm, like while stuff was going on. And I just remember thinking like, that's like not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're like that, like that's not the point of why we're supposed to be here. Like, But that like, and that that's where that conversation came out too, is, is it was like, well, we're not actually here to, you know, listen to these teachings and stuff where I think I was, you know, whether it was, whether I was there and I was bored with one of the teachers or not, I was, I was very, um, behaved or, you, you know what I mean? Like I was going to sit there and listen and try to take some notes or whatever, or like answer questions. I might challenge people in like a conversation about it but I wasn't going to be disrespectful. I guess that was the other thing too, is there were things that were just like, I just felt like we're disrespectful. It's like, wait, like you can't just do that. But they were, <laughs> but I probably came into it with like more of a, a kid attitude too, where like 
as a 12 year old, 11 year old, you kind of just do what your parents say and you might start to have those, you know, but it's different than like the people, uh, some of the people that I was with were, they were now 15, 16 year olds. So like this, the level of disrespect to your parents is, is more, it doesn't have to be, but you know, like you're further down the teenage train when you're 15, 16, as opposed to somebody like me who is still you know, maybe I'm 13, but maybe as far as like how I interact with my parents is maybe more like a 10 year old or, you know, um, or just adults in general. I'm still wondering why the experience left you uh, more cynical, because I'm guessing your feelings about the teachers there or the leaders there weren't negative. It was mm-hmm. mostly your experience with the other kids. So I'm one, when you say that you left kind of, um, what's a different what's a better word than cynical how are you how are you feeling when you left jaded jaded yeah that's a good word yeah jaded yeah were you feeling that way about christianity or were you feeling that way about kids who called themselves christians yeah i think at the first at the first time it was probably more you know it was probably more kids and camp Mm-hmm. And maybe church culture a little bit broader. Yeah, I definitely didn't get to Christianity or the Bible or all, you know, all that. It was more like, wow, I thought this tribe was bigger and it's actually just me. <laughs> or, you know, maybe not just me, but you know what I mean? Like, I thought I was going there and there would be all these people who were more like me. And that didn't seem like that was the case, you know. It seems like the natural response, well, I mean, you're 12 or 13, so... We're just little kids, but it seems like the mature response would have been, okay, these kids just aren't mature. Right. These are kids. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hang around with my dad and I'm more comfortable mm-hmm. with adults. And I can see that the adults are more consistent with what they're mm-hmm. saying about mm-hmm. the, these, these things that we believe. So I just need to hang out with them or I need to, you know, of course, you're, you're 12, so maybe thinking about these things is different. Oh. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm still a little confused why you left. Did, did you or did you not feel like you were questioned? Did that make you question your faith or it just made you think badly about camps? <laughs> yeah, I would say it's probably closer to the first or I'm sorry, closer to the second one questioning camps um, than questioning faith like i don't know that it was that strong but it was like the first or you know one of the first like seeds of that um there i'll I'll tell a story i think i've i don't know if i've told you guys this or not but um when i went i had a friend like i said uh lived down the street from me he was a year or two older than i was and he, he was muslim his family came over from germany whatever um we got to be pretty good friends and he was he was like that kid that, you know, the year before or whatever, we were going to camp and we asked if he wanted to go because, you know, that's what I'm going to do is like ask everybody. And he was like, no, I don't think I can go, whatever. Well, the year that I went, I asked him again, like, hey, do you want to go? And totally not expecting him to, one, even want to go. And then two, be able to go like his parents are, you know, they weren't like practicing Muslims in, you know, but they and but they but they let him go with me. And so I was kind of shocked actually that he was that he was going to be able to go. 
but anyway, so when we're there, um, this is like, I guess I'm trying to think of what year this would have been. I was born in 89. So it probably was like, yeah, anyway. So it was after 9-11 is what I'm, is what I'm getting at though. And at one point in this, in this camp, I remember coming back to the, the dorm or whatever. And I was looking for my friend and, and somebody said, uh, yeah, he's like outside. He's, I, I get something happened. I don't know what happened. You know, he, whatever. So I went out there <clears throat> and, uh, and he was, he was out on this like bench outside in the dark, like crying out there. And, you know, he's like, you know, if I was 13, he was 14 or 15, whatever. It was like beyond the age of like, you're, you're just a, you know, a crying kid, <laughs> you know? Um, and I don't know if I went and talked to him or what, but anyway, it's, I, I found out through whatever that somebody had asked him about, you know, his faith or whatever. And he said, no, I'm, I'm a Muslim. And the guy was like, no, you're not. And I don't know, uh, like the exchange, because it was like second or third hand that I got. But basically, the the whoever the other kid was, was, I don't know if he was making fun of him or he my friend took it that way or whatever, that he was uh, that he was Muslim. And like, I don't know how I would have responded in that situation, because you're there at camp, you think everybody kind of believes the same thing or even if you don't believe the same thing you know but because it was right there in that like 9-11 time everybody was like you know charged about <laughs> islam in general right um so again i don't know what the the actual comment was that was that was made or whatever about it but um after that after that camp well, just in that in that time, I remember feeling really bad because I was like, you know, I wanted this like my friend. He first of all, he's just my friend, right? But then secondly, I wanted him to come to this camp, the opposite version of what I thought that should be. You know, like he's he feels bad, all that. And you know, after that camp, I think we ended up not really being friends a whole lot. Like I don't even know if it was related to that, but it kind of felt like it. He just didn't really hang out with me, and I didn't hang out with him. I guess. Um, so that specifically was like I had already come to that I had already that wasn't like the first thing that was like oh well I hate camp and I hate people or what you know but that experience four days into the camp also like was another layer on top of me all already sort of feeling like oh wow like everybody doesn't really believe this you know like and then that happened and I'm like oh you know so going back to what your question was Bryce like did I, I don't know that I doubted Christianity so much, but the camp for sure and the, the camp experience for sure. The experience your friend had almost contradicts your, your experience of the kids at camp, though. Because if the kids at camp were all like, oh, we're just here to kick it and have fun and yeah. date, then they probably wouldn't have been so... Uh, judgmental judgmental yeah about your friend yeah so it no, seems like true. yeah the, those those kids even though they were it to you it seemed like they were messing around they still had that belief system where mm -hmm. it was like oh yeah muslims bad christians good right now that's an that's a good that, that's an interesting observation lukewarm <laughs> yeah it's like in the middle kind of it's and and you know, this is a whole thing that we could 
probably talk about for hours, but like the levels of things that are bad in Christian culture that I don't know, maybe there is some validity to that, you know, from a biblical perspective, but you have stuff where like, you know, skipping church or, you know, skipping the teaching session or whatever, you know, I think that everybody there would say, well, that was probably not the right thing to do from a Christian. You know, that's not the Christian thing to do. Um, but being a Muslim is definitely way more on the other side. So it's easier to be critical of that and point to that and say that's wrong as opposed to, you know, whatever the pulling the pulling the speck out of your own eye or, or I'm sorry, pulling the speck out of somebody else's eye before you pull the plank out of your own eye. Like it's easier to point to somebody else and say, you know, and, and certain things are like within church culture, just a, a broader um, certain things are, are I, I would say kind of cool to have as a struggle. Like when somebody would get up there and have a testimony about how they used to do drugs and my, my brother used to like have a sort of like a comedy, not a comedy bit, but he would, he would make fun of people. Like, yeah, I used to do drugs. And, Cause like everybody used to do drugs. Right. But like, mm -hmm. if you went up there and you were like, yeah, I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm like gay porn or something like that. Like that doesn't seem like something that somebody would be like, and I don't want to say people were proud of like used to being, you know, addicted to whatever drug, you know, drug, but there were like high, there's hierarchies uh -huh. of what's, what's acceptable to be, you know, to have a cool testimony, like, look at what God did for me. But being a, and being a Muslim and then becoming Christian would have been a cool testimony too, you know, like everybody, but still being a Muslim and going to that camp was not cool, <laughs> I guess. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's and like, that's the coolest backstory. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure like, I'm sure you guys had that experience with people, you know, like, it's almost like bragging about how bad you could have been. But now on this Thursday night at this camp, I'm changed. I think that bothered me too. <laughs> Maybe because I didn't have that backstory. I don't know. It's like AA. The longer you've been, you know, sober, like the cooler you are. And, you know, you got this sweet gold chip or something too. David, what were your experiences like? Um, I mean... I would say mine were a little different. Uh, I started going, I would say before you guys, maybe around eight to 16. So in the, in the beginning, <laughs> I was way more focused on like the teachings and like Jesus and everything. But then I remember, you know, once I, I became, I don't know, 12 or 13 or something. Once I became aware of girls, you know, I was like, wow, this is, uh, you know, Mother Mary, right? So it, it changed me a little bit in during that transition. So I, I would say that it was maybe like Marshall in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, and then Bryce in, <laughs> in the yeah. end to kind of like bridge the gap between you guys. Were uh, either of you yeah. ever at the stage where you were proselytizing? I mean, Marshall, you were probably the most sheltered out of the three of us, I'm guessing. I'm not sure if you were even in the secular world. David, yeah. did you 
when you went to public school or when you went out and you were amongst the secular secular people the sinners the sinners <laughs> were you trying to go out and convert people or were you trying to um i'm lacking all my christian vernacular when you you know like when you're wearing the the christian shirts to spread yeah. the gospel i definitely were, were you that, ever at that level i did that a lot more earlier on for sure i remember i'd say when i was when like from grade you know first grade to fourth grade i went to a public school so i wasn't doing a whole lot of that i think maybe it was just early on but between like fifth and eighth grade i went to a private middle school and so from that jump to high school back to a public school setting i remember telling my mom like and this sounds I don't know why it sounds kind of cringy, like looking back, but I remember just being like, oh yeah, like I'm going to save 10 people in the first week and blah, blah, blah. And like, <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. I like, was like, I don't know. What... <laughs> I want to die. I want to die for my faith. And I want to like, yeah, I don't care if people fire. don't like me because I'm a Christian. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And did you, so you, you, you did like go into school and like try to convert people yeah like after saying that literally probably a week or two after that I don't think I did any of that I was just because I was surrounded by so much secularness and I was just you know being the new guy you're you're really shy and you know people are like hey you know that's the new person you know you want to be in this group or, you know, this group or there's just all these clicks. And yeah, I never really saved, you know, 10 people in the first week or any of that <laughs> at all. So I don't know why I even said that to my mom. Um, it's weird. I'm sure you guys experienced similar things. I remember making yeah. similar comments mm. and I remember actually doing stuff. I, I remember taking action on mm-hmm. it. And I would have months, you know, usually it was followed, following up those camp experiences. Like I remember after that first camp, or maybe it was the second, I can't remember, but I, I founded the uh, Christian, what is it called? Christian athletes. Yeah. Athletes in action is what I'm thinking of. No, it's the other one. FCA fellowship of Christian athletes. Yeah. There they go. Mm. Yeah. I I started, I started that at my high school with another guy hmm. uh, he was doing it to build his college resume and i was doing it to like because i was fired up and i wanted to you know i didn't think there was enough real christian real christians at my school they were all posers yeah. and yeah you know, like, <laughs> i wanted to be the example of what a, a good christian was and just like that that cycle it would only last for a few months and then you know by november or whatever it was i was over it i don't know it it goes back to my original questions like are these camps manipulating people are manipulating the kids emotionally it's like they're charging you with your guilt or getting you charged up about your guilt or getting you emotional about guilt or sinning and then channeling it into 
I don't know what what's a different word than proselytizing, evangelizing, evangelizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I I was curious to come back to that question too because, yeah, like it, it's such a weird. It it so we use the word manipulating, like that seems bad, <laughs> right? But then there's like, and, and the whole you know guilt. So so do you know here you make you feel guilty and then because you feel guilty use that sort of momentum to go do something you know whether that's wear a t-shirt or you know try to talk to your friend about church or Jesus uh-huh. or whatever but it's i guess what what strikes me is is because it, it seems like the camp kind of worked for you Bryce in the sense of <clears throat> like if the point of the camp was to get you back you know, fired up and, and cause I, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is if, if the, if the point of the camp was to, you know, get you closer to God and closer to living your life in this way that you believed, then starting that, you know, FCA group was probably closer to that. So like it worked in the sense of it, it got, it's like the camp, <laughs> whoever camp organizer is like, okay, well, that's a good thing. You know, we, we accomplished our mission. This kid went out and he was fired up. Maybe long-term it didn't work, but, you know, short-term it seemed like it worked. But then the question comes like, well, is the means like justifying the, the end? Like, you know what I mean? Like, could they have, or should they have gone about it in a different way to get you to the same result maybe, but without maybe the manipulation? Because your first question about being brainwashed or indoctrinated, I think it just depends upon what you mean by that. You know what I mean? Because like somebody could say you're indoctrinated or brainwashed about anything you're taught. So what makes it brainwashed versus just taught? And I think it goes back to what you said, manipulation. Well, it goes, I think it but goes I guess back to, to do I think that it's what, what I was taught today. I fundament, fundamentally believe that it was untrue. And in that regard, I think I was being brainwashed. So, so could you be brainwashed about something that is true? I don't think so. Or you think just okay, so so if it's if it's not true then it okay. Mm. That's why I said if you still mm-hmm. believe these things to be true then it's not brainwashing. It's just kind of hammering the message in. Right, right. So yeah, I, the stuff I was being taught, I don't I no longer agree with and I no longer mm-hmm. you know, if I have a 14-year-old son I would not send him to church camp, but of course, you know, that that's just a, a no brainer. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't feel comfortable knowing that my son or my, let's use a, a better example, my nephew, um, I would never encourage them to do that. I would mm-hmm. never um, try to guide them into that direction. <laughs> like, Oh, I'm going to sign you up for this church camp. The, like that's right. That's ne- never going to happen. Let me so. let me ask this then too, and this might be getting off the camp conversation, but like I'm just curious. So like if because I, I hear people say you know you would kind of let your kids explore different options. You know, is thought like if I had a son who didn't like okay, so, so for you, Bryce, like your nephew starts getting involved in church. Like, how would you, uh, it, it's different when it's your nephew because your nephew's kind of not, like you can only let's go use, so far. Let's use my hypothetical son. All right. So you've got a hypothetical son. Your hypothetical son meets somebody 
in middle school who's at one of these camps, goes to one of these camps, invites them to one of these camps, and your son wants to go, like, would you, like, how would you, and maybe that's too much of a hypothetical, but you know what I mean? Like, what would your thoughts be on, you know, encouraging him to go or encouraging him not to go? You know, my cousin, my cousin who I'm, I'm really close with, he, we're about the same age and we're, you know, we have a lot in common, but we had very different upbringings as far as the religion stuff goes. His parents were non-believers, not sure if they're atheists, but non, let's say non-believers. Um, I asked him what his experience with religion was growing up, like how, mm-hmm. how his parents, did they talk about it? Uh, did they just forbid him from like going to church or something like that? Cause that was, that was my assumption. It's like his parents were no Christianity stupid or all religion is stupid, mm-hmm. but it turns out it wasn't like that at all. He said when he was probably elementary school age, his parents just sat down and introduced him to every, like the world religions. Like, here's Christianity, here's Buddhism, here's Hinduism, Hmm. here's uh, Taoism, here's this. Just like went through the spectrum of religions. It's like, this is what these people believe. This is what these people believe. This is what these people believe. And some people don't believe anything or some people don't have any religious beliefs. And you're free to choose any of these. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I want to do if I'm in that Mm -hmm. situation. I'll share my experiences. I can share my experiences growing up. I can share my experiences going to church camps. I can share my experiences growing up Christian, like we're doing now. Mm -hmm. I can share my experiences of how I got out of Christianity, how I started questioning all of it. And I can share what my beliefs are now. I can share to the best of my knowledge, what other people believe or direct him to YouTube videos (laughs) or whatever it is. Um, I think to answer your question, if my son was into Christianity, I wouldn't stop him or forbid him because that's doing the exact same thing that I got out of Christianity because of. Mm. Uh, So I think I would try to offer up a wide range of information and then let him make the decision. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think Bryce and maybe Marshall too. I don't know if we had all had similar, you know, to a T, you know, growing up uh, situations, but yeah, just, you know, from being, I guess, kind of, you know, forced to go to church and then maybe enjoying going to camp, but then you're confused about a lot of things and then you feel forced uh, and how you felt Bryce about the whole, your whole, you know, camp situation you too Marshall I mean it's uh I mean nothing is ever going to be perfect but these events in our life absolutely affect you know how we're going to you know move on with our life and absolutely how we're going to raise kids you know if we have them Bryce (laughs) but yeah for you Marshall for sure I'm sure it's going to I'm sure it has changed your mind like over time. And I mean, I would be curious what your thoughts are about, about that. Like,
did is it did it affect you or how did it affect you or what's you know what's your uh what's going to be your way to either introduce or not introduce or or any of that yeah 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 no it's it's a it's kind of a tough question because i think that yeah i'm trying because i'm trying to think like if if um i I guess my thought on it is that whatever and this is where why i was asking about like brainwashing because whatever i believe to be true and accurate i a hundred percent want my kids to believe that Hmm. if i if i'm questioning it then i want my kids to also question it or, or maybe that's not even but let's say if i'm unsure about something or you know maybe i'm unsure about a lot of things but if i'm very unsure let's say as opposed to 90% or 80% or whatever if i'm like 20% like i i i'm living this way because i think that this is the best option it's like wearing masks you know it's like well i think it's a good idea to wear a mask so we're going to wear a mask but my percentage of whether that actually is helping anything i feel like is probably pretty low <laughs> but we'll go along with it um i think like i want my kids and i want really not just my kids, like everybody that I know, everybody that I influence in some way or another, I want to be as, uh, have like the most accurate information possible, you know, to make whatever decisions they're going to make. I think what, where it gets, um, so, so for me, like I go to church, so I want my kids to go to church where it gets weird is when somebody, well, let's go back a second. So like when I went to church as a kid, I'm sure there were times where I just woke up on like a whatever it was Sunday morning or maybe it's a Bible study at the end of the day. And I'm like, I don't want to go to this Bible study like this is stupid, you know. But in general, as a kid, looking back, like I, I felt like I always wanted to go. My Some of my brothers like didn't. And I remember them like not wanting to go and like, you know, this kind of battle of, you know, like are they going to be allowed to stay home? Are they going to, you know, have to go is like, cause you know, like if everybody in the family is going, they can't stay home. Cause like, you know, it, it depends upon how old they are, I guess. But, um, mm-hmm. so I think there's a, I think there's a, like if, if my kids decided that they didn't want to, you know, believe something that I believed, then I think I would let them, let them choose that. Right. But at the same time, like I definitely encourage them and try to like make as many incentives for them to do the things that I think they should do, you know, but it's weird. Cause it's like parenting is such a weird and like complicated because like eating food, right? Like I totally believe that you should be able to eat everything, like anything, just like as a cultural thing, it like super helps when you try to go travel, you can like hang out with people and, whatever, like not being a picky eater. Like it's a weird thing, but it's like a high value for me. Like I'll eat anything. Some people aren't like that. Some people literally couldn't go to Korea because they couldn't live there and eat there. And I'm like, that's crazy. I don't want my kids to be like that. Well, it turns out I have a kid that's like that. So then you're like, well, like at what point do you like, I think there's a point where, yeah, you do kind of like make them eat the green beans. But then at some point when you choose not to like, you know, like, it's just weird. Like at what, you know, at what age is it no longer your own, you know, your own decision as a parent to, to be able to like make your kids do stuff or, or whatever. Do you have that same mentality with us right now and other people, like other friends? 
How so? so? So I'm not, I don't call myself a Christian anymore. And you still calling yourself a Christian and you going to church today. I'm, I suppose there's a part of you that says, I know a higher truth than Bryce. And because I know that truth, I want him to also know that truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does, yeah. That, does that still? I, there is. And, and that's a whole, I mean, we could almost do an episode about that because, <laughs> or yeah, we can cover that in the beliefs. Episode. Maybe that's what we're about to do here. Yeah. But I, I do. And it's not just about religion. Like I have that belief about like everything. And that's why I, that's why it's hard for me to kind of, uh, sometimes it's hard to find, we talk about like life coaches. It's hard for me to find somebody that I buy into because I almost, I almost want them to have every answer to everything. Otherwise I don't believe anything. And when I don't believe anything, I might take stuff from them, but I always have to sift it through my own sort of critical thinking. And the problem with that is that then somebody can't really be a coach because if somebody says, you know, what you need to do is you need to put your money in your 401k. Well, I don't just trust them anymore. I, I take that information and say, okay, well, based upon the other information that I have, is that a smart thing to do? You know? So like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm intellectually arrogant about everything. And that seems like a problem. Like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, that seems like a problem. Like I should be more, you know, open-minded, but then at the same time, I'm like, no, like part of the reason that I know anything is because I'm critical of stuff that comes into my head and you know, that I, that I, that I get, but yeah, it's weird. Cause like we could talk about, you know, religion being like that, where I'm like, yeah, everybody should be Christian. It's the best way. I also think everybody should try new stuff. It's the best way. Everybody should experiment. Everybody should eat everything. Like you shouldn't cut the crust off your peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, like, and there are different levels of strength to the belief and like how much I think it's important, but the things that I believe and there's a whole bunch of things that I or uh, don't believe or that are just softer, you know, like I think this, but I wouldn't like, I can die on that hill. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of stuff that when I, when I would say like I would die on the hill or whatever I am. Yeah. It, it seems like there's an arrogance there. And so like, how do you square up the arrogance of like thinking that I know something to be true and accurate and helpful for, the, for myself and for other people versus um, just not being arrogant. <laughs> Because arrogance just seems bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really funny because I feel like over the past decade or so since I've gotten out of the church, I've been trying to break myself of this arrogance. And some of it's pretty natural because once you get out of the Christian bubble, you realize you're not nearly as smart as you thought you were. Mm. And you learn humility just by being exposed to new ideas and being exposed to different people. But also, it's just like, I've shown myself so many times that when I believe something so strongly, most of the time I'll be able to prove my prove that I was wrong later on. You know, anytime I've adopted some belief and been really adamant about it, I, you know, sometime later I'll learn that that wasn't right or... <laughs> There's different ways to think about this, or it's more nuanced than you thought it was. I've never had a belief that didn't evolve or didn't change, or I just came to completely disregard later on. 
So that's why I'm trying not to be so arrogant in my beliefs now where I'm like, oh, this is 100% right. And mm-hmm. I'm 100% right about this. And anyone who disagrees with me is incorrect. Because anytime I've taken that position, I've later just looked like an idiot. Not just a, about religion, just about anything. I can look at diets. <laughs> you know, anytime I've adopted right. a diet, oh, you have to be vegan. Vegan is the best way to go. You, if you're not vegan, you're the worst. Come, like, no. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. I think, I it's think the, so. It's always the same thing with anything. It's like, there, oh, there's you have to be, so. you have to use Mac or you have anything. Anytime I try to be a hundred percent firm on anything, it doesn't work out. It seems like there's, what's the quote? Like the opposite of a truth is a lie or untruth, but the opposite of a profound truth is also a profound truth. And like, sometimes that's just like word salad. Like, what does that even mean? Like, whatever. Um, (laughs) Because, but, but it seems like there are certain things where like the tactic changes or the tactic can be the opposite, but, but, but there's, there's like a truth because it seems like there's truths out there that don't change and that we're all trying to get at. And then there's things that we think are truths or things that like what I would say, like work that could be like the opposite could also for just working in general at, at your job. Right. Like one person might say like work, you know, super fast speed is speed is important. You can correct things. You can, you know, just put stuff out there. Speed is important. The other person's like, no, planning is important and being deliberate and not not rushing into things like making things and so both of those might be accurate both of those both of those might work they're exactly opposite in the sense of if you do one then you're not doing the other you know somebody might find some nuanced perspective that's in the middle where it's like well you should plan but then you should also act quickly on these types of things and plan on the you know so there's all sorts of like ways to break down how they could both be true at the same time but to me when i hear something like that i'm just like well that's a that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about truth like it's a different type of truth somehow but it seems like there's other things that that aren't like that i think there are personal truths you know eating oatmeal makes me feel good but (laughs) it might not make everybody feel good and that's how i look at christianity and that's how i look at just about anything it's like just because it works for you doesn't mean it's going to work for your son and just because it's true to you doesn't mean it's going to work for your friends. And because of that, if you go around forcing it onto other people or trying to impose it on other people or trying to spread it in a way that I feel like a way that's intrusive on the other person, then that's not a good thing. Yeah, I think the intrusive part is the like, I'm not saying don't hint, start a right? YouTube channel and talk about your faith in God or Christianity. And maybe if somebody right. stumbles upon the video, then they'll come to agree with your beliefs. I'm talking about like knocking on doors and shoving it in people's faces. That's or missionaries. Like, <laughs> I, it, that's when the arrogance becomes something different. And it's no longer just your own personal arrogance. It's this arrogance that everybody has to be like me because I have the right answers. And I think that's what 
camp instilled in me. Yeah. And it, it's like we talked about last week. There is something that seems categorically different about religion than, let's say, a person who's riding around and trying to, you know, blacktop your driveway. Like the dude yeah. that's trying to blacktop my driveway is also annoying, but he's not trying to sell, he's not trying to sell me a religion that's going to like all encompassing. So be, it, 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 it's like religion is just more dangerous because it's all encompassing as opposed to the guy that blacktops, like you can put up a thing in your neighborhood that says no soliciting. So you don't get Jehovah witnesses. You don't get the blacktop guy. But in general, like, do I like ads? Not really. They're kind of annoying. They pop up on my screen, you know, but in general, like I'm not going to say that somebody can't try to sell stuff. Right. Like I think that people should be able to sell stuff, but selling me blacktop is different than selling me Christianity in some, and I don't know where the cutoff is of that, but there's some category where it's different because like I said, Christianity somehow just more, it's more dangerous and or it doesn't have to be Christianity. It could be any kind of religion, any kind of ideology seems more um, impactful. Some, like uh, the blacktop guy, you just say no to, or, I don't know. I mean, I guess you say no to religion too, I, but I think it's know. similar, at least on the front end. I mean, you know, I, when you talked about, uh like going to somebody's door it just made me think of like jehovah's witness <laughs> right no offense to them but um yeah i just i think of it almost like a like a door-to-door salesman you know you knock on the door you give them you know your pitch and it's not like that person's gonna like spend the night or something if they're selling you or trying to you know encourage you to except, you know, Christianity versus buying a vacuum or something. So I think it's fine. And I think it's okay for people to go door to door if they want to. But I also think it's okay for you to have a no soliciting sign and, you know, mm-hmm. like the freedom of, of their rights to, you know, approach as long as it's not a private property or, or there's any rules being broken. But yeah, being the owner you're absolutely allowed to to refuse that yeah i, I, I mean maybe <laughs> it does hold maybe it does hold up too because like let's say you know you're growing up in a household that sells vacuums right so like you're teaching your kids that this hoover is the best and you need to go into business as a hoover salesperson when you get older and like maybe it's different on an on degree because maybe the person who sells vacuum cleaners isn't as big of a isn't as all-encompassing as the religion that you teach your kids but um yeah i just mean on the front end okay like just the front end of it like the approach the you know Mm. the spiel and the Mm. i don't mean the whole like everything at the you know after you get that initial degree and everything Mm. then it starts to split you know, very differently, mm-hmm. you know, cause the vacuum, you, you know, you just throw it in the closet or wherever, uh, religion or you know, Christianity is like, of course it's, it's way deeper right. and more, you know, committing than a vacuum. <laughs> I think yeah. on a, on a societal level, it makes a lot of sense because these beliefs are what keep us, um, unified, you know, as an American citizen, we have beliefs about 
what a country should be like. Um, you know, freedom of speech, democracy. We have these beliefs. And then, you know, like we believe all men and women should be created or were created equal. And these are our beliefs as, as Americans. And as Christians, you have beliefs. Jesus died for you. And if you accept him into your heart, then you go to heaven. Then all the other, like premarital sex is bad and shouldn't do drugs. And, you know, these beliefs, they're not to be taken lightly, like Peterson always says, because they evolve because of, you know, not or premarital sex, practicing that might actually be good because of we've learned that if you have premarital sex, you're obviously put yourself at an increased chance of having a baby when you're still a child. And that can greatly infl- wreck your life. And as a family, you have beliefs, like your, your family has beliefs too, Marshall, you know, Hoover vacuums are the best vacuum that, that might be a belief. And I'm saying all that because I think those beliefs do hold those groups together. As American citizens, we can be held together by our beliefs. As Christians, you can be held to, it, it shows, it signifies that you're a member of that group. And if you don't have, if you don't share those beliefs, you can't be a member of the group. I'm not sure you, if uh, disagreeing that Hoover vacuums are the best vacuum would be enough of a belief to kick you out of Marshall's family, but I'm sure there's an example of maybe something that your son could believe. And if they believed it so strongly, you would say, all right, we just can't have you around here anymore. Mm-hmm. So to your point, those beliefs that evolve because of society and because of our groups, they obviously have a purpose because they, they signify who is in the group and who's not in the group. I think that is completely valid. But when you take those beliefs way too seriously, it's hard for you to be, (laughs) it's hard for you to be an open-minded person or you know, I want to have my beliefs that freedom of speech is good and that Hoover vacuums are the best vacuum. But I also want to be open-minded enough to where uh, people in China might not think that Hoover vacuums are the best vacuum, and that's okay. And I don't need to convince them that Hoover vacuums are the best vacuum. That's unnecessary. And just be okay that some groups have these beliefs. Some groups have these beliefs. That doesn't make my group better than the other group. I get what you're saying. Um, I would say, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do agree with you um, for the most part. Yeah, I think, you know, as long as you're not, you know, like harming somebody or, you know, inflicting yourself on... <clears throat> on other, you know, other people. I don't, you know, have an urge to personally go, you know, anywhere and enforce my beliefs on uh, on anyone for that matter. Well, that's what that's what hurts me about camp looking back on it now because that was the whole message, you know, like this is the belief system you have to have. It's the only belief system that's valid. 
and you need to go convince everybody else that their belief system is invalid and that yours is the only valid one. That sucks. Yeah, it was way more subtle for me. And (laughs) I think the other thing was like, I mean, people went to these church camps. Most of them were already, you know, believing everything. It wasn't like they were dipping their toes, you know, in the water a little bit. And they're like undecided, you know. So I think the whole indoctrination was from previous experiences, maybe even just church in general. It's the radicalizing part, though. And, you know, we always hear about the extreme Muslims and how they'll commit suicide for their beliefs and whatnot. But Mm. it's essentially the same thing that Christianity is talking about, the evangelical side. Yeah, It's saying, like, you need to be willing to lay down your life for this and uh, you have to go spread the gospel. That, that's the, that was the takeaway from camp. I, I'm not sure what, of course it was the fun and games and yeah. um, the camaraderie and getting to know each other and letting kids be kids and play around. But the main takeaway is you need to go spread the good news. You need to be examples in your school and you need to stand up for Jesus. And um, if somebody asks you if you're a Christian and they point a gun to your head, you need to say yes. To me, that was that was the takeaway. Yeah, it it's it's because you don't think that that's true or accurate that it that it doesn't make sense though. Partially, because right, like there's there's two parts to it. There's there's the part where if it if that actually was how it worked, right. Like, or if, if that's what people were supposed to do, would the camp have been bad? Like, was there still some element to it where they were still manipulating and they were still not going about, you know, like you were talking about with emotions and, and so forth? Like, no, no, it, I, I think the <laughs> so the crux if, of it, if, is, they were, if they, if you believe that that's true, they right. did an admirable job. And that's what's super crazy, right? Because you could make the argument that uh, if you were teaching a, a group of first graders and you wanted to convince them that uh, being a Nazi was the right way to, if that, that was the right belief system to have, right. you could easily do it because kids are so impressionable. You could, you could make that argument like that kids are way too young to have somebody telling them this information. But no, to your point, I guess if you want to create an army of uh, evangelical Christians, church camp is the way to do it. Yeah, at least at least the way that you went through it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess that's what that's what I think is interesting because in the beginning it felt like there was more, like like you were more saying at least the way that I understood it, it sounded like you were more on the side of, you know, whether this is whether this is true or accurate or not they still went about it the wrong way, but just in the, maybe yeah. just in the mindset that a kid is so impressionable to whatever ideas mm-hmm. they come across. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't been exposed to a wide range of ideas, you can tell them anything and they're going to believe it. Like you could literally tell your, your little son anything. I mean, Santa and he's Claus. not going to, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not going to question it. Yeah. So if you tell them that all white people are the superior race and all the other races are inferior and dumber, less intelligent, and don't have the same value, they're going to believe it. Right. So right. That, and, that, that could be the argument against going about it the wrong way. Right. That's why I appreciate the offering the child the information and letting them make a choice instead of manipulating the choice for them. But we don't, we don't do that about everything, right? So like, it's like, how do you choose which ones are the, are the choice offering ones versus the not choice offering ones? Like, is it just like, there's a lot of people that believe this. So this one doesn't seem like there needs to be a choice like brushing your teeth or something, you know, like, how do you say like, yeah, you have a choice. Like, I'm not gonna tell them to have a choice. You just are going to brush your teeth. Yeah. You could, so, so it's really tough to like sift out like what I think you is could, a choice. You could take it, one, you know, I think you could take it to, to that, any, ex- to that extreme with just about anything, um, you know, it's just like, okay, if you eat this hamburger, you're probably going to feel sick. Or if you eat a lot of hamburgers, you're going to, feel sluggish and you're going to these are the consequences of having a shitty diet yeah but but you've got to be old enough to know that like you can't tell a two-year-old that like that whole sentence they just don't understand you know so like it's like you gotta wait until you're older but by then they've already learned it like by then they've already only eaten salads and they and that's what i that's what i'm saying like Like, a six-year-old whenever they become um mature enough to understand religion Mm -hmm. and you could probably make an argument that you need to be quite a bit older than six or you know i was introduced (laughs) to to it when i was six i think five or six whenever they hit that age where they're mature enough to comprehend it comprehend the ideas it's at that time where you could give them a wide range of choices or not maybe not a wide range but multiple choices instead of this is the answer or this is the right one here it is and you can do that with, I think you can do that with anything. Well, yeah. And I think, well, yeah, because we do don't do want to give white supremacy as an option, right? <laughs> There's certain to things. Me, to me, that's more or less <laughs> the same thing though. Yeah. You want to steer away from a little bit. <laughs> well, and I think, I think in practice, the way that it goes, right, is you start off with teaching the things that you, one, start off with things that you are very like fu- foundational, right? Don't lie right? Hopefully there's less, uh, less debate about that. Probably not actually, as I say it out loud, it's like, no, there's probably people that they might not say to lie, but in practice it happens all the time. But anyway, so there's certain things that you start off with that you just teach and they're not, there's no, there's no question or there's no options given, but as you get older, there then becomes more options that you present. So in the beginning, it's just like, do your chores, you know, make your bed. But then maybe as you get older, now you're a 12 year old and now it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't have to make your bed. I'm not going to let you go outside if you don't want to make your bed, but that's the option you have. And then as you get even older than that, it's like, oh, you're, you're, you're about to be an adult. You're 17 years old. You don't really have to make your bed. You're about to like go out into the world. There's a bunch of people who don't make their bed in the morning. It's totally fine not to. I've brought you up this way because I believe this, but you don't have, you know, And like, can you have that conversation about everything? No, but you can kind of generalize to it from different things. So it's almost like you start with something that's very, 
more just like, here's a ball, go get it. Here's a ball, go get it. And then as you, as they get older, you're able to introduce more nuance and complexity to the, to the conversation. Hmm. And maybe that's what it should have been. And maybe that's where camp could have been, but it's, it's weird. Cause yeah, camp, I don't know that they're going to be like at camp saying, yeah, you could also be this other religion. That's not the forum for that. But as parents of kids who are going to camp or in church, those conversations could have been, could have been had. Well, two things to that at a practical level, camp and the methods that they use, it's used to grow the group, right? Like the point of spreading the good news isn't really to add more souls to heaven. It's to maybe on a higher level, let's say, if you really believe it, you're adding more souls to heaven and avoid helping them avoid damnation. But at a very practical societal level, it's to strengthen your group. Every person you add to the group and convert to your beliefs, your group is growing stronger And then when your group is growing stronger, you can have power, you can have influence. And I think that applies to just about anything. You don't want to lose members. You want to gain members. And that's what we were learning to do at camp. That's why I say it's almost kind of like manipulation because we were almost, you could look at it like we were pawns and we were being trained to help grow the group. And to the, to the point about, like teaching kids to make their bed and stuff like that. I feel like you can start at an early age. I'm not a parent, so (laughs) I won't try to pretend to be one or say that I know everything because obviously I don't. But it seems like you could start presenting the consequences of doing this behavior and not doing this behavior instead of making it a rule. So instead of saying, you have to do the dishes just because could be if you do the dishes, then our family is happier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or if you do the dishes, you give mom and dad some time to relax and after they've worked a lot. Or if you do the dishes, our house is more organized and then we can have a better experience here. If you don't do the dishes and they start to pile up and our house is messy and when people come over, they think that we're assholes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, presenting the cause and effect instead of just saying this is the way it is. I think it's dangerous because then you start applying that to the things that as teenagers we start to become interested in. Um, sex is bad. It's black and white. Sex before marriage is bad. Drinking is bad. Drugs are bad. And what does that cause us to do? For People like me, it just makes us more curious and we want to go explore it. You know, Adam and Eve, the apple, when something's forbidden, you want to go test it out, see why it's forbidden. As a parent or as a leader in a church, um, as a parent, I think you have the opportunity to present the cause and effect of different actions instead of saying, this is the way it is. If you like, if you smoke weed when you're 12, you, these, this, this is going to happen. Like, um, these are the, I don't know what you can, I feel like 12 year olds are pretty, are mature enough where you could say like, okay, this might stunt your development as a Mm -hmm. teenager. If you do this, 
Well, but, let uh, me ask I, this though. Yeah, like going down that train definitely makes sense. And like whether we do that in practice or not, I don't know. But like it, it definitely makes sense to give the explanation. I think the, the difference is, one, are we giving the explanation? And then two, what happens when you give the explanation and you still don't have the result that you want? Because that's the thing that I think that even in a Christian home, you probably have the same thing like, we're going to go to church so that we learn about Jesus. Well, why do we want to learn about Jesus? Because we want to go to heaven or, you know, maybe that's a simplistic version, but okay, there, there's, there's that, right? And then the kid's like, well, I don't want to go to heaven. So as a, as a really young kid, that's where it becomes, that's where the, that's where the rubber beats the road on like, well, what do you do then at that point? Does the two-year-old have the mental capacity to really understand that choice and are you going to let them have that choice as a five-year-old are they going to have that choice as a 12-year-old are they going to have that choice do they only have that choice once they're an 18 year old and you're like okay you're out of the house now you can make your own decision on your own 21 at what point do you stop pressuring them period now they've been out of the house they're 30 years old and you're still like encouraging them to do the thing that you want them to do you know i think that's where it gets tough because well, the alternative is not good. The alternative, just from observation, must be obviously worse, right? The alternative being force this down somebody's throat and make them do it. That doesn't work out well. Like either the person's going to become really like resentful or like wound up or they're going to rebel. Think about... <laughs> I'm sure you've met those kids at church who, if they weren't into it, but they were being forced to do it, they weren't happy. They weren't going along with it and they weren't changing to become overnight. They're suddenly into it. I never observed that. All of the kids that I observed who were being forced to do it, they were a train wreck, like the most fucked up kids you could imagine. You know, those were the kids who were in rehab and those were the kids that were teenage mothers and those were the kids that were doing doing drugs because they hated it they hated mm -hmm. being forced to to go to church and they hated being told that this was the right way and that they couldn't do those other things did you all not know kids like that it's like <laughs> every other you know, there, yeah, no. there's the pastor's kid who is into it. And then there's the pastor's kid who ends up being a meth right. addict. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think you, yeah, definitely knew people like that. I mean, it, it's the same thing about, well, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that age of um, decision should be lower. See, I don't even, I don't even believe that though, <laughs> really, because I, you know, I guess I'm thinking about like other things that we first of all, when you said, you know, I definitely would force my kids to do things just categorically. Like there's certain things that I'm not going to, but I don't believe that it's bad to force your kids to do something. Um, and it depends upon it. Like their age is going to be a big range in there, but like, you know, even like, it, 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 yeah, it just depends upon how, like, I think what it is and how the, cause like school, right. Like my kids don't want to go to school, like, but they have to go to school. Like I'm going to make them go to school, you know, like, what does that mean? Make them go to school. Like have, you know, we haven't gotten to the point where we're like handcuffing our kids to us to take them, like physically drag them to school. Right. <laughs> like it's not that bad, I guess. 
but maybe neither is church or maybe neither is, you know, with these other 14 other things that we're trying to get our kids to do. Ideally, nothing is like that. Right. And so maybe that's the, maybe that's the key too, is like, how do you get so that the things that you think are true or accurate or helpful that you want to teach your kids, how do you present them in a way that where they're never forced? But then that goes back to what, what you're saying of like, at some point, it just seems like manipulation if it's not actually accurate or it's not helpful or it's not true. I don't know. I guess I'm just processing out loud. You embody it. You become somebody who your kid wants to be like, or you, oh, put, yeah. you yeah. put them around people who are good people who let's say share the beliefs you have. Right. And, Which I think is what camp was supposed to be, right? Right. So to that extent, mm-hmm. it's kind of manipulation, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, it, it, well, it, like, let's take it out of the religious context. Like, it's the same thing with brushing your teeth or going to school. Like, the way that we get our kids to do these things, yeah, sure. You Like, ultimately, you could give the, the, the reason and then it's just, well, if you don't agree with this, it's just because I'm your parent, you know. But really, the reason that we're, you know, wearing pants instead of, not wearing pants to school is because everybody else is wearing pants to school, you know? And like kids kind of look around and they see like, okay, I'm not going to go with, you know, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree because why not encourage a sense of curiosity and exploration instead? So if they have this curiosity about not wanting to wear pants to school, if it's not going to hurt anything, like if, if they're not going to get kicked out of school or something, why not just say, try it, see what happens well, and then experiment with it and see. And I if- think it depends upon how old they are. Right. So like a high schooler, I might be like, okay, yeah, you're, you're about to make decisions maybe, you know, but a two year old, I'm not going to. So like, sure. there's a, there's a grade of like, where do they become the moral or not even a moral agent, but just the deciding agent, you know? And that's what the whole parent's job is, right. Is to guide people through that. Because ultimately, it's not about, like, I agree with you, Bryce, in the sense of I'm trying to arm my kids with the tools that will help them succeed in life, whatever that looks like. And so I'm trying to present options favorably that have worked for me and have worked for other people or whatever. But I'm also trying to... So preface it with your own experience. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, son, I know today you uh, are thinking about not wearing pants to school. (laughs) But every time I've tried that in the past. Every time I've tried that, <laughs> it didn't go too well. Yeah. Or every time I've gone a week without brushing my teeth, my breath smelled horrible, and then I couldn't get any girls. Yeah. Whatever, you know. Offer some yeah, type yeah. of explanation instead of just being dogmatic about it and saying, this is the way it is, and you have to do it. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think that after the first explanation, then it goes back to, well, because I told you so. Like, I'm not going to keep explaining the same thing to you. Like, you're either just going to choose one and get the other consequence or whatever. I'm not going to keep explaining the same thing to you. Again, it depends upon the age and the difference uh-huh. of the thing. But, but yeah, as far as, like, the, the, the first or the, maybe not first, but the, um, like, trying to, trying to promote the exploration, I guess, it seems like a good thing. I think it's hard to do in practice, but I would agree with you in, in right. you know, like for, for every, sure, you sure would agree with that son, too. I'm going right. to be the course, person who's right. like, just do it. <laughs> right, right. 
we can all agree on on the practice part being like yeah i'm i'm a terrible parent in practice let's let's talk about the things that i ideally i don't even get it right you know what i mean like in theory i don't even have it right you know so that's why we're talking about this right now <laughs> yeah it'll be fun to come back to this price when yeah. we're uh, if or when i, I, I already kids. know i'm going to be like oh just do it just do it right <laughs> because i said so right no well, why. and no, why? no, no kid, why? no why, <laughs> no kid growing up thought that's how I want to be as a parent. But then, as a parent, you know, it's just practice. It's just, or it's just, it's just uh, not practice, but it's just reality. You know, like human emotion. Like you're in the middle of something, and whatever. We don't have to get on, get into all that. I feel like we covered like camps and parenting in this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because the whole conversation it does relate. It, yeah, it, well, because it, it goes back to, on a deeper level, it's just about influence and and how you kind of develop your, 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 your what is that called, faculty to decide things. And religion's a big one because people decide things differently all the time, or, or you say you're a Christian, but then you don't actually follow along with the things that you would even affirm, like you'd say you know, hey, lying is a bad thing, but then you're constantly lying. And then you've got, you know, where you actually choose and you say, no, I'm going to lie. That's okay. I'm not going to believe in this whole not lying thing. And then you have other people who are like, no, I'm not going to lie. And then you actually don't lie. All of those things are developed initially from, you know, being a kid, being in culture, being in school, being in church, being at camp, all of these things. So all of our belief structures and and ability to decide and reason and all of that has its roots in all this stuff. And that's where it's like untangling Christianity from everything else is. Okay. So I answered the question. Would I propose the question to myself? Would I send my hypothetical son to church camp? <laughs> I'll pose that question to you all and maybe wrap this one up. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to go, I wouldn't be like shoving him out the door. Unless I needed like a week break from him, <laughs> which I'm sure a handful of parents were like, "Yeah, yeah, go, go, yeah, enjoy." 100%. 100%. But maybe present him with like, the option of like Lego camp or or church camp. Hey, which mm. one do you want to go to? Or I even went to this. It was a reach work camp where it was. It's called reach work camp. So like it was like Christian based, but we just went out and like helped people like helped like poorer people like build stuff we like built an outhouse and like a deck and painted for people like in houses so mm. that was a different i think that could be another option to throw out there if you're not wanting them to just like you know play around and and then just get like you know slapped with a bible or whatever um i thought that was cool get some trade skills going on Say it again. What was it? Reach work. W was called reach reach work camp. I don't know if they like squeezed that in or hyphenated that. But, okay. Um, but like reach like R E A C H R E A C H work. Okay. Camp. Okay. It may have been in Ohio, or honestly, it may have been in Pennsylvania. I thought you were saying <laughs> twerk. I like, thought I heard re-twerk, re-twerk too. Re-twerk. I, that's like, what I'm trying to. Yeah. Twerk. Trying to twerk. Yeah. <laughs> We hang out with, you know, poor people and we twerk for them. (laughs) 
that would have got shut down like years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, Reach, R-E-A-C-H-W-O-R-K and Camp. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. We're, no, I, I was just going to say, you know, to answer the question. Yeah, I, I probably would send them to Camp. I would probably tell them some of these stories. <laughs> You know, would you give them the option, or would, would you, you just be like, "You're going"? Would you let them listen to this podcast? Um, probably. Yeah, the whole podcast thing is pretty interesting because I feel like there's a whole bunch of topics we could, we could, or maybe even have already covered. That at some, yeah, like like how old? You know, I have a 13 year old. Everything we've talked about so far, I, you know, my 13 year old could listen to. At what point does it get to? That's a whole other conversation. I don't even know. Like, at what point do you not talk about stuff with your kids? Because it's not, like, appropriate for them. Like, I, I feel like that would, uh, at some point, maybe is not age appropriate. But I don't know what that age is yet. And it's probably getting <laughs> short, or it's probably getting younger, you know, as it, as it goes. Anyway, yeah, personally, for camp, um, the choice question, I probably would let them choose. I don't think I would. Maybe that's just because I like my experience with camp. I don't know that I would, you know, if if they had three brothers who were all going and the one didn't want to go, I'd probably force the one. But yeah, like encourage them, like just try it one time, <laughs> you know, like give yeah. it a chance. And then if you don't like it, you know, you can call me in the middle of the week and I'll come get you or or just try the whole week. And then if you don't like it after that, that's fine. Yeah, I would encourage, you know to try it maybe not like specifically christian or just something that they were interested in right well that's what i was trying to think of too is i'm like you know not even just church or you know any kind of camp lego camp you know sports camp like there's plenty of things that i've wanted my kids to do science camp <laughs> they don't they don't end up wanting to do it and some things i'm like no you really need to do this and some things i'm like less persuasive with you know it's just like do you want to or not you know and others i'm i'm more like now you really should try this. You don't have to, but you really should try it for a week type thing. Like you said, David, you know, <laughs> as long as it's not like a concentration. Camp. <laughs> like we're joke. concentrating really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note. Falling off a cliff here. <laughs> the age keeps going up like right, 16, 17. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, David here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you have a question or comment for us, give us a call at 502-632-3179. That's 502-632-3179. See you next week.